everyone. Thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron. This is Caleb. Grateful just to have you guys back here today. And um, it is. It's Friday morning. Um, and this is uh, releasing at 7 a.m. If you were supposed to, yeah, like like it's supposed to, and unlike our failure from last week. Um, but uh, <laughs> we have an Awakened Men's Conference going on right now. We are coming to you pre-recorded from Awakened 2023 <laughs> here at Cedar Point Church. Um, but uh, uh, there's still time to make it, and so I have no doubt, even though this was pre-recorded, that we crushed it last night. Um, Thursday night, I'm sure Pastor Rick killed it, and this morning, I have no doubt that that I crushed it as well, (laughs) (laughs) or will be here shortly, uh, whatever's going on. Um, I'm sure uh, I'm right. I'm really tired right now. Yeah. Caleb's hating life. Playing music. And wondering why everybody's ignoring the timers that he's put up. Um, (laughs) Hey, I don't care about that one. Just do you. Yeah, but. That being said, there's there's still time to make it. We've got the uh, beast feast coming up this this evening. So, man, if uh, wives, if you're listening, you know, kick your husband out of the house, send him to eat some meat and hear about Jesus. Um, just uh, it came out all wrong in my head. I'm just gonna push past that. So, okay. um, um, but uh, yeah, so we've got that at five ish. Five, yeah, it's at five, and then we uh, we'll kick off services again tonight, so you can be part of that. And this Saturday morning as well. Um, it's just gonna be, it's great, it's great. Be a part of it. Not too late. Like I said, if you can just make one session, just make one session. Just come and be a part of it. Check it out. We would love just to have you here for again Awaken 2023. Um, but today we're gonna continue on. Before we do. We want to encourage you to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you uh, scroll, wherever you listen, like and share our content, man. We can't um, just encourage this enough. Um, yes, this only grows if you're willing to support us. And so I just, what's the, the puppy song? We need to play this when we go back with the, the sad puppies. And um, please, please share our content. <laughs> For the, the children. Uh, Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, the there we go. Eyes of the Angel. Yeah. So, can you go ahead and sing that? No, no, <laughs> that's not going to help our numbers. <laughs> so, this is for this is for the children and the puppies and the kittens. That's right. That that we need you to to get this content out there. So, um, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, we uh, we're talking about uh, something that's actually near and dear to my heart. Um, in a way, it's kind of uh, funny. That's I, weird. It, well, not like near and dear. <laughs> like it's a, it's a personal. This like strikes a personal chord for me. Um, that this was a huge struggle in my life for a long time, and um, and so we're going to talk about um, teddy bears. We're going to talk about teddy bears. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I had a teddy bear. I was one of those kids that had a teddy bear until I was like 12. So. Okay. Yeah, I still have it. It's really creepy. I keep so it up in like, the closet. Like when the buttons are hanging out, it's like his basically eyes. There. <laughs> it looks like it has mange because it's yeah. like lost its fur, and I refuse to get rid of it. Mostly at this point because Janelle hates it with a passion, uh, but I refuse to give in. So oh man, I do keep I have it, a story for you? I keep it in storage, <laughs> and occasionally I just pull it out and I set it places. She hasn't caught on. The beautiful thing is she doesn't listen to this, and so she yeah. still won't know that I randomly will take the teddy bear out and make sure it's visible for all to see. You should take it out like in the middle of the night when she's asleep, put it out like at the foot of your bed. She wakes up, (laughs) she's like, oh my God. This thing, it looks gross. Yeah. It looks gross, it is gross. Um, when it would break, my mom would make me stitch it back together on top oh, of it. So, like, like the stitching on it, it was done from, you know, like a kid. Janky. Yeah. <laughs> it was so janky. <laughs> it used to be blue, but it's not even blue anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, not that we're known to chase rabbits here, but I'm going to go ahead and keep going down this rabbit trail. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about that. So, and my wife does listen to this, so she'll love that I'm sharing this story. Um, 
talking about things that we keep that our wives hate. So when I was a kid, um, you know, it's a lot of people have seen these little kits you get as um, they're like these little archaeological dig kits or whatever. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. like it's just a big clump of mud yeah. or whatever, and then you, you know, you chip away at it, and they're supposed to be like the, the skeleton of a dinosaur or whatever. Well, I got one when I was a kid. And it was a uh, T-Rex tooth, so it's just a big tooth, and it's got this little, it had this little base on it, and I'm, you know, you can glue it on there and whatever. So I had that as a kid. Well, and it's just one of those things that you just have, yeah. And it just keeps getting put in a box when you move and yeah. and whatever. And um, anyway, I just had it, and then it was the same thing. She's like, "What is that?" I'm like, "It's a T-Rex tooth." And she's like, "No, it's not." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's a T-Rex," you know. And I just always act like it's real, just because she's, you know. It drives her nuts. Because it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. And she's like, we gotta get rid of that. So as soon as she said that, I was like, now I really want to keep it, you know. Yeah. So so that had a prominent place in her house. <laughs> you know, like we had a bookcase, like right when you walked in. <clears throat> and that was like sitting on the, you know, how you sometimes in a bookcase you would have different trinkets of things. And it was just big, <laughs> stupid T-Rex tooth. From the 80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on our bookshelf for the, for a long time. And I'd put it on mantles. You know, I'd put it anywhere prominent like it was a trophy or something. Just because it drove her nuts. Anyway, somewhere in some move, sometime, it somehow disappeared. Yeah. And, you know, she denies it. But we all know what, what happened. So I had a shirt <laughs> that my wife hated. No. And I hated the shirt as well. And I would wear it. It somehow disappeared. Yeah. And then I bought a second one. It was identical. Yeah. It didn't vanish too. I just hmm. don't know. I just don't know yeah. how it happened. My anyway. teddy bear still hasn't vanished. That's good. It may be making an appearance soon. So it's awesome. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So what are we doing today? So, <laughs> so we're what the thing that Aaron really struggled with, which wasn't teddy bears, which what got us totally derailed. Yeah. That was one of our best derailments we've ever had right there. It was, that was good stuff. But anyway. Hey, send us your teddy bear pictures uh, <laughs> in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things, the, the thing that Aaron struggled with apparently was fear. And that's what we're talking about today is actually fear. Fear, um, talking about how fear can keep us from uh, engaging in recovery. So, yeah. you know, fear is one of those things, you know, I didn't want to admit for the longest time that I was afraid, you know, as a, as a man, um, and not, um, one of the, the current men in society, you know, I like to think of myself as more of the, you know, I grew up on, you know, all the action movies and not yeah. being a snowflake and dirt clot fights and getting shot in the face with BB guns by your and brother. So <laughs> like you didn't like admitting that you were afraid was not something that we did, um, mm -hmm. or, um, would accept. Um, but fear was a prevalent part of my life. Um, for a long time, and part of my recovery journey personally was be beginning to recognize that fear. Um, and I had fear of a couple things. One, I had a fear of actually confronting my past. Um, there was things um, that I was afraid of there, um, going back and looking at, um, th this took place, this was a real thing. That fear kept me, um, again, from, from navigating it, from, from thinking about it anytime. Um, and I had a lot of, uh, with my trauma in particular, a lot of like flashback PTSD um, type of, of moments um, that would really cause me to, to shut down, um, to burn down moments of my life. Um, but fear kept me again from, from going back and even admitting that this was real, this really happened and navigating it. Um, fear kept me from sharing what had taken place because I was fearful of how people would view me, um, what they might think what they might say. Um, so fear um, kept me from doing that, which was a very important part of my healing process, right? We need to get things out there. Whether we did them or somebody did them to us, um, talking about it 
is important. And uh, I even remember the first time I gave my, my testimony publicly, which was the first time that I really stated um, a part of my trauma that had taken place. Like up until that point, my parents didn't know. I told them like the day before <laughs> that <I was> talking <laughs> that, hey, this, this happened to me as a child. Um, you know, so nobody knew um, until that, that moment. But fear kept me from doing that um, and being public about it because I was like, man, people are going to want me out of the church. I was working in the kids' ministry at the time. Uh, fear had convinced me that um, I was... Uh, that people would want my job. I mean, how I mean, looking back, it's like how ridiculous is that? I was convinced I would get fired. Like, I mean, but it's just fear. Fear is so powerful um, that it keeps us from doing that. Um, I know in addiction, um, letting go of my addiction, I dealt with a lot of fear of like what. And and I've I've stated this, you know, when I've preached and taught, and it's done in such a way when I when I say that on the platform, it's kind of like um, just glossed over. Um, but the the amount of fear that I had when it really came to I'm going to be sober, sober was overwhelming. Um, it was it was terrifying. It was petrifying. Um, it it kept me in in action because it was like you know what if I if I give this up, what will I do? How will I get through those moments of of the PTSD flashback or the shutdown? Um, I had a I had a fear of. How am I going to interact with my kids? I don't, I, I'd never been um, not intoxicated as a parent. I had a great fear of, am I even gonna be able to enjoy my kids? Like, cause I mean, if I was gonna go kick a ball around, I mean, I had to have a beer. If I was gonna go camping or fishing, I mean, everything revolved around <laughs> substance abuse. It's like, can I enjoy children sober? Um, I mean, so I had all of these fears um, that were associated with that and they all kept me in a place of inaction. And fear, um, I mean, that's, that fear is a liar. <laughs> mm. And it, it really is. And the enemy leverages, uh, leverages it against us in significant ways. And so I can look back in my life and now um, with, with clarity see that one of the biggest issues that I had to overcome in my life was, was fear. Um, which, again, was a hard thing to admit because here I am. I, I try to be the man's man and, and to, to be brave and courageous or, you know, this or that. Um, and I was terrified. Life had me terrified and had me stuck. Yeah. So let's talk about the different kinds of ways that fear will keep you. And I think Aaron has hit on all of them almost. Yeah, we still go into <laughs> Already. Them. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I'm you. I'm sorry for not, sharing my story, I know Caleb. it's not like you for, you know, to go ahead or anything, but that's all right. I only read the first I'm just line kidding. here I'm just on the notes. I, know. I didn't read the rest. I know. <laughs> Anyway, um, so we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we spent eight minutes talking about teddy bears and two minutes talking about fear. That's great. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so how does fear keep us stuck in our in our addictions or our struggles? So number one, um, fear of change, right? And that's this isn't unique to recovery. The fear of change. Fear of change keeps everyone stuck in everything, it right? Really does. Change, um, especially in our culture, change equals discomfort. And we don't idolize anything more in our lives today than comfort, yeah. right? I mean, there's nothing like, heaven forbid, we, we do anything that makes us uncomfortable. And so, um, even if you're in a bad place, and we've talked about this before, I think, is that, you know, from a, like a physiological standpoint, even if you're doing something that's detrimental to your health, you know, if you're taking in a lot of sugar, you're taking in substances that are damaging your body, your body gets used to that. And so when you stop doing that, 
then all of a sudden your body is uncomfortable and it doesn't want to change either. You have kind of what we call a set point. So, um, you know, maybe if you've tried to lose weight, you've experienced this where maybe you lose like five, 10 pounds fairly easily, but then all of a sudden it, you kind of get stuck and you're, that's your body kind of rebelling against the change and you're getting stuck there. So even from a physiological standpoint, our body doesn't even like it. But uh, outside of that, just us as, you know, being humans and, you know, uh, our, our, um, our mental faculties, we don't like change. And, and so we rebel about, which is kind of crazy, but if you think about it, because the only constant, as the saying goes, the only constant is change, right? I mean, we should, change happens all the time. And, and you know, everything that we want in life is on, on the other side of that discomfort. And so <clears throat> um, the fear of changing what it is that we've gotten so accustomed to keeps us from uh, engaging in, in in our recovery yeah and um, you know I, i'm thinking about something else in my my life i remember i had this uh, job i hated it hated it with a passion yeah and you know i ended up being stuck there for for so long um and it was out of fear of change and you know i, I was stuck in a bad situation it was a bad environment um my employer was awful <laughs> All of the things that were counterproductive. You're not to, talking about the church, are you? Is it? Oh, no. Am I not supposed to be? Um, <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry. Anyway. Sorry, Rick. Um, it's kind it's of a bad awkward. way to find uh, that out. Uh, no. Good thing he doesn't listen. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it was a. But it was a job I had not too long before this, and you know, here's one of the bad parts. Like I was trying to be um, a better, a better Christian. You know, I was growing in my faith. And everything about this environment was counter to everything I was trying to do. You know, my, my employer was not um, was not a godly man. Just things that were talked about, everything. Uh, it'll be fat, uh, honest. You know, I'd like go to church on Sunday, go to work on Monday the next day, um, and like just completely lose my witness. The way the environment was, I was so weak and everything in that. Um, but fear of change kept me there up until the point of um, like it. The things that were going on finally outweighed the fear, um, but that's not a that's not a good place. That we've got to learn to navigate this kind of before that. You know, it can't be so bad that all of a sudden it's like, all right, this is worse than than the fear I'm dealing with. We need to begin to like learn like to recognize it, to right. to identify it. Um, you know, there was something that took place a little after that, and it had to do with me coming into the church, and I approached that much differently. Like I recognized. God's desire for my life, and I dealt with the fear, um, was able to approach it in a way where, you know, I recognized well, the fear of, of what may or may not happen here. Um, it's not coming from God, you know, begin to discern God's voice in this change, um, begin to, to hold it up to God's word, um, to find strength and encouragement through through what he was saying, you know, to me in prayer. Um, I verified the things he said to me in prayer through scripture, you know, <laughs> just take it blindly, you know, yeah. and, um, but then that's kind of what we have to begin to do because you know change is uncomfortable and so how do we how do we ever change um and pursue what god has for us because we can't just wait for those moments where it's like all right life's unbearable now i'm just gonna do it finally i have no other choice that's really unhealthy um it's by leading into god um and uh you know perfect love expels all fear um and so God is perfect love, right? So as we pursue him in that relationship, he deals with those fears, those uncertainties. Um, I think it's Matthew 7, you know, it talks about some about fear of, of even being cared for. Um, and, you know, how much more will God care for you? You know, he cares for the, the birds and the right. plants and, and all of that. And so leaning into God in those moments, because um, when it comes to change, there's, there's so much about our, our comfort level 
that we have to to deal with and to navigate and um, and God's the only one that can can help us in those moments. You know, and, and Timothy tells us, you know, God didn't give us a spirit of fear and timidity, um, but one of power um, and, and self-discipline. And so um, it's it's through God that we overcome in, in these areas of change and, and stop waiting till those moments where we feel like we have no other choice and to be more uh, proactive in it. Yeah, you know, the, you're talking about the, the job thing, but that's one that, that gets a lot of people, um, which I find interesting. It's like, you know, last I checked, we did away with slavery in this country a long time ago, and yet oh, people yeah. act like, oh, I just can't leave my job. It's like, it's destroying my marriage, it's destroying my life. I'm, you know, everybody around me is a drug addict, and I can't, but I can't leave my job. It's like, well, <clears throat> you know, uh, and that's, that's, that's fear talking. You know, there's uncertainty. Nobody likes uncertainty. No. But, you know, if, if you think anything in this life is certain, you're, you're selling yourself a bill of goods. Um, you, you just wake up every day assuming everything in the world is going to be constant and everything's going to continue on. And there's actually no guarantee that that's the way the world, you know, yeah. it's going to happen. And so, you know, to, this idea of certainty is, is, is a farce for one. But two, you know, nobody's saying that, um, you know, embracing change also means being unwise. And so what I mean by that is that, you know, if, if you're in a place, especially, like I said, especially in a career where it's it's just detrimental to you in, in some way or another, nobody's saying go in and quit, you know, tomorrow. Like you can, you can start lining up what your next thing is going to be, <clears throat> you know, without going in and quitting, you know, and maybe that means you, you have to work through, a, you know, a year or two. Maybe that's, you know, I'm gonna go, you know, uh, gain some skills by going to some sort of, you know, college or votech kind of thing and, you know, ch do a complete career change. Maybe that that's a couple of years down the line, but at least you have a plan to get out of the situation you're in. And, you know, the second half of that is what Aaron was talking about is that um, is, is relying on God is so having a, a, a prayer life and, uh, you know, uh, where you're communicating uh, an open kind of communication with God, where you're constantly seeking, what, what God, what is it you want me to do? Where, where am I supposed to be? What's my purpose? Am I supposed to stay here in this place? And if, you know, God is calling you to go and do something else, and that's, that's you know, um, that's not a, a whim kind of thing where you're like, I just want to do something different. So, you know, God, if you don't want me to quit then don't say anything okay you know and that kind of deal um, um that's it's where you're 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 genuinely seeking god's guidance and once you you feel that you have you know that surety about what it is you're supposed to be doing if, it, if it's you know god saying you need to get out of this place and you need to go do something different um once you have that then that should help comfort you and help you through going through the discomfort of the change because knowing that you know even though it's uncomfortable at the time and it, it seems seems risky to you because you're giving up whatever career and job it is that you're doing you're you're leaning on the the uh, assuredness of that God is calling you you know what he's calling you to do is going to help you to succeed and ultimately live out his purpose that he has for you so that should give you some comfort um, so so you know fear of change again uh, the way you get successful in that is, again, is you understand that um, life is change, right? And life is discomfort. And, it, you know, the the struggle is, is, is what makes us stronger. The struggle is where we grow. And, um, you know, only by going through change 
are we going to become better, right? Are we going to become the people that God wants us to be? And so, um, you know, embrace change instead of running from it. Um, another way fear keeps us from engaging in recovery is uh, not having a way to cope. So Aaron was talking about this is, you know, you've relied on your struggle so much to to not face reality, basically, where yeah. it's like, I don't want to, you know, I'm stressed, I have anxiety, I have pain, so I'm going to do whatever it is I struggle with to, to change the way I feel. Well, if I give this up, how am I going to deal with those things? Um, and so that keeps us, that fear of, of having to actually face whatever um, keeps us from wanting to change. Yeah, I remember uh I mean, even giving up nicotine, nicotine was one of those things that kept me, you know, trapped like it does a lot of people for so long. And um, I would quit, quit multiple times. And it was always funny to me to look back. Like uh, I uh, I was a big fan of Zippo lighters, you know, when I smoked. Yeah. Um, and so I would never get rid of the Zippo, right? Um, because like part of me, you know, looking back, I knew I was going to come back to the addiction. Like I wasn't going to ever like let it let it go. Um, and then like, I, I like pipe tobacco, you know, so I had a tobacco pipe, the real nice ones and would never get rid of them. Um, but you know, fear led me to that place of, um, where I could never see my life fully apart from this particular addiction. And I've had multiple addictions, so this is just one example, but, um, fear said, you know, at some point life's going to be too much. You're going to need to come back to this. Do you want to buy these things again? That was kind of like the reason in my mind. So I would quit, and that would that was a part of the conversation of eventually you're coming back to it anyway. So, um, and so fear does keep us in that place of, of how am I going to cope? Um, substance abuse, you know, with uh, intoxicants was another place. Um, how am I going to do this? Again, I had conversations. How am I going to um, play with my kids? How am I going to be in a relationship? That was another one. I, I've never, I started substance abuse at such an early age. When I'm 30 years old, I'd never been in any type of relationship sober. And I was messed up every single day, pretty much for 18 years. Very few days was I not. Most of the days I was sober was because I was in county jail. Relationships weren't really a big deal in there, you know, because of the same sex thing. And that's <laughs> not, I don't really partake. So, <laughs> you know, but I had this fear of like, how am I going to, how am I going to talk to a woman? How am I going to be in a relationship with a woman? How am I going to navigate this? Um, I didn't know how to cope emotionally. How am I going to deal with stress or anger? Um, and it was, I was so convinced. I had a conversation with a guy here recently. Um, I was, you know, in the last couple months and uh, his thing was marijuana um, every day, all the time. And, and um, I remember sitting down with him and, and saying, man, you, you can do this. You know, you can get past it. And he's like, no, I can't. Um, he'd never, as an adult, been without it. And, and he's like, it's my medicine. I, 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 I struggle with anger. Um, there's no way that I can, you know, go without killing somebody, basically, <laughs> without it. I'm like, dude, I said, I told him, I said, it's going to be hard. I've been where you're at. Um, and, and the enemy told me the same thing that you can't do it, that this this is the only way you're gonna be able to function. But what's gonna happen? I said, you're gonna struggle and it's gonna be hard. I said, it may be a couple weeks, it may be several weeks, it may be a couple months, but eventually you're gonna get to a place where you're gonna look back and you're gonna wonder, why in the heck was I ever doing that in the first place? Um, and so fast forward a little bit, you know, where this guy had great community, go back and listen to last week's episode about community, mm -hmm. get people come alongside him. We helped him navigate this. You know, he's now over 60 days away from, from his substance. Um, 
and you know he's free of it and that's the conversation he came back to me he's like you were right like i it's it's easy like i i'm not struggling i didn't need that i that, what a change what a change in a couple months mm. um because <laughs> he learned there's actually other ways to cope with with our stuff and that fear had kept him stuck it kept him firmly planted in addiction, and it wasn't necessary. It kept me firmly planted in addiction, and it may be keeping you firmly planted in, in a number of things. It doesn't have to be substance abuse, but there's actually other ways to cope with whatever's going on that are healthy. Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring that the marijuana up because I was going to talk about that because we just talked about that a couple weeks ago when we were talking about um, uh, what recreational marijuana bill here at 820 Um the state question 820 and in that episode we talked about you know the fact that so many people in, here in Oklahoma apparently just really have to have marijuana all the time yeah. and we're talking about you know it's like well I just need it to deal with my anxiety and my my you know depression or whatever it is they feel like you have to deal with on a daily basis and you know my, my question in that episode was like what about your life is so bad that you have to have this every day yeah. you know and it's like it that's the question you need to be asking yourself. It's like, if, if I have to have this to cope because everything is so bad every day, it's like, well, what, what's so bad, you know? And then what do we need to do to change that? And, um, you know, and you may have the legitimate, you know, things that you're struggling with, you know, bad relationships, um, financial issues, um, you know, just a lot on your plate, legal issues. Uh, I, don't, I don't, there's, but you know, the one, the thing is, is it's kind of the how do you eat the elephant it's one bite at a time it's it's getting those things out I and actually it was salt yeah well, <laughs> um it's but but just doing something to change the way you feel about your problems doesn't actually change your problems so you have to actually look at what it is your what what's the actual struggle what is the thing that's bothering you figure out how to solve that and and then start working that plan um now that's that's one like i said if you, maybe you have a legitimate issue but more than likely which is more the case here is, is the uh, in in american culture at least is this idea that we're never supposed to feel uncomfortable and i've talked about that before um we we don't love anything more than our, our comfort in this country and we just have this idea that i'm supposed to be comfortable all the time 24 7 and if i feel any sort of discomfort I'm going to drink, smoke, eat, you know, whatever, uh, until I feel better. And it's like, um, no, that's not, you know, you, you should feel, that's like my kids um, nowadays, you know, kids today, um, my kids, and we've talked about, about this before, but, but, you know, we put a limit on how much time they can be on a device or anything like that. And then, you know, it's like, okay, your time's up. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. Not my problem. Be bored. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't want to be bored. I, I grew up bored all the time. Yeah. You know, our generation was bored. And that did, you know, while we hated it, it it's, you know, it sets you up for life way better than what we're doing for our kids nowadays. Because yeah, yeah. we're raising a whole generation who are even more hooked on the idea that, I have to have my mind occupied. I can't um, be engaged with the world. Um, I can't feel discomfort. Uh, you know, all these things that, like I said, we've got these 20 and 30 year olds that are, are struggling with that now. Um, I can't imagine what this next generation is going to be like because they've, you know, uh, 
mean, how many times you go in a restaurant, we can't, we can't engage with each other. Your kids are watching phones or playing. Um, we can't ever be bored. We can't ever be expected to be social. We can't ever, um, you know, be expected to use our imagination. And so there, there's something to be said about being uncomfortable, having discomfort, the struggle. I know it doesn't sound appealing. There's nothing sexy about that idea. But um, again, I don't know where we got this idea that, that we're guaranteed um, uh, our best life now to, to rip off a certain pastor, favorite pastor of mine down in Houston. Um, you're not. God doesn't, just because you're a Christian or just because we live in America doesn't mean we're guaranteed a, a life of no problems. And we need to, to disengage from that idea and realize, and sometimes we just need to embrace that. You know, we need to embrace the struggle because, again, the struggle is what uh, makes us stronger. You know, Aaron was talking about, um, was it last week, the Bible verse, or was it today? I can't remember. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Iron, iron doesn't sharpen iron by... Like how does it? How does that happen? It's by striking, yeah. right? It's it's by the conflict. It's by um, it's abrasive. Yeah, it's it's not an easy process, and you don't get better by by always being comfortable. And so um, that's that's the second area of this one is um, you know, just realize that sometimes you're going to be uncomfortable in life, and that's okay. It's going to make you stronger. Um, and then the third thing about this one, about not having a way to cope, fear of not having a way to cope is like Aaron was talking about, is that we have to just maybe find better ways to cope. Okay, so instead of smoking a joint, go for a walk, or having a drink, go for a walk, or do some exercise, or read a book, or there's constructive ways to deal with whatever it is you're, you're dealing with, but um, it doesn't always have to involve uh, some sort of chemical substance. Um, another way that success... Uh, I just gave it away. <laughs> the, I was staring at it. The fear keeps us from changes. It's actually fear of success. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but we've seen that a, a number of times. And a lot of that, the root of that, the fear of success is guilt. Yeah. Um, people don't feel like they've earned the right or that they uh, should be allowed to be successful in life because of the bad things they've done in their past. Um, and so they've never forgiven themselves. And so they feel like they can't be successful. Um, they can't, you know, get clean and sober and, and have a life that looks, you know, quote unquote normal because they're, they're a bad person in their minds or like I said, they've done bad things. And so they, they don't feel like they deserve that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's interesting that I'm going to butcher the number. I should have been more prepared. Surprise. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, this reminded me of uh, a lot of times children, um, their success is within, is it 10% of their parents? Like income-wise, oh, um, yeah, it's uh, if you look at it again statistically, it's kind of funny too that as people grow and, and do whatever type of job they're going to do, anything like that, uh, that there's um, more often than not it's this really tight margin that people don't really um, deviate far from that, um, and and I think an element of it is fear. It's like, well, this is we've convinced ourselves somehow even in that this is my lot these are the people i come from this is what we do um and you know i, I know there's more to that goes into it than that but i think that's an element of it um when i came into the ministry um i dealt with a, a lot of a fear of um succeeding or doing things well and if caleb touched on it a lot of it was tied to guilt um and and just it kept me kept me paralyzed and it kept me stuck from really pursuing stuff I can't be that you know I can't do that and it's again it's just it's a lie that it's just not true there's there's no boundaries 
um, that God set in place on who you can be, what what you can succeed at, or, or anything else. I mean, we, we place boundaries there, um, but we, we can't allow that to keep us from um, really pursuing what God has um, has for us, you know, and and even the fear of success sometimes, and it's it's not really on there. I think we might have touched on it a little bit, but even that fear of failure, you know, if, if I'm I won't push myself um, past these limits because what if I don't what if I don't make it? What if I don't get there? Um, and it's kind of the same as the success thing. It's and so we just we just stay where we're at um, because it's safe. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's one I don't have in there is fear of failure. But I mean, obviously, that's a big thing is we're afraid of, you know, quote unquote failing. But, um, you know, again, that's another idea that we have twisted in our mind is that we um, if I if I set a goal to do something and then I don't reach that goal, that's failure. It's like, well, not really. I mean, you 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 know, made progress. If you made progress toward that goal and then, you know, maybe you didn't reach it by the timeline you set for yourself. But so what? you know just reset that timeline and try again like you haven't failed you just you I mean you made progress i mean failing is when we just don't try i mean failure you want to be talking about fear of failure is not doing anything right and yeah. so that's um that's failing but um but that is a big one that keeps us from from trying anything new because heaven forbid we don't you know you know succeed 100 percent exactly like we think we um we should but um Man, I just call that learning. That's what learning is. I mean, um, and and I would highly encourage you to, you know, that, what is that? Um, I can't remember who says one of the, another one of those things where it's like I've heard it said, but I can't um, think who said it. So I'll take credit for it. Um, the successful people, you know, believe in failing and failing fast because that's how they learn. Yeah. And so they, um, you know, you go out and you just try whatever hard hard and fast because you know fail spectacular you know quote-unquote fail spectacularly um because that's that's going to help you learn and get to the place you want to get ultimately anyway so you want to go do that and you want to you want to put yourself out there and, and like i said mess up big um because that's where you're going to do the most learning uh, but when it comes to fear of success <clears throat> like i said before the thing that you want to do to overcome that is you is uh, like I said, whatever guilt you have associated with that, you need to figure out what, what, where that's coming from and, and learn to forgive yourself. And maybe that means, you know, maybe um, going asking for forgiveness from others, right? Making amends, um, having some tough conversations. And, and, you know, those things are hard. But um, if that's what's keeping you from, from succeeding in your recovery, then obviously uh, it's worth doing. Yeah. I want to share some quotes from Thomas Edison, even though I don't like him. Um, <laughs> more of a Tesla fan, huh? I am more of a Tesla fan. You know, Edison was a piece of crap. Uh, <laughs> read, read a history book if you disagree with me. Uh, <laughs> but he was it, a jerk. Yeah, he was an awful person. Um, but I mean, we do benefit from things that he did, so right. there's that. But yeah. um, but uh, so one of them's like, I haven't failed. I just found ten thousand ways that won't work. You know, that's accredited to his invention of the light bulb, um, or his stealing of the light bulb. Pretty much, sure he stole well, the whole concept there. But um, he just he just found a way, a better per- filament yeah, for the light bulb. Yeah, perfected it. <laughs> but uh, we won't get into anyway. that either. Um, but uh, hmm. I like that. So I found ten thousand ways that won't work. Right. So he didn't look at those as failures, um, but but steps. Um, he said many of life's failures. Um, are people who didn't realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Um, again, that's good. And I don't know if he really said these things or not, or he probably stole the probably quote. Probably stole it from Tesla. Yeah, probably stole the quote from <laughs> Tesla and went and rewrote it. Um, 
Um, uh, he said, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is to just try one more time. Um, I really like that one. There's no way he said it. It has to be somebody else's. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, this is, I mean, what fear keeps us from. Um, fear keeps people from doing great things um, and, and not not taking that step, not pushing forward, not, not pursuing. Um, and... Uh, Man, it's just it's just amazing what it's such a powerful thing fear is so powerful and, and the enemy uses it over our lives um you know fear fear doesn't come from god and so in those moments of fear and there's a difference there's like you know if there's like a snake there and you're getting ready to put your hand there and there's a there's a fear you know that that's something there to protect you but when it comes to like other things outside of like nature like that <laughs> fear's not it's not necessarily a healthy thing you know to be to be petrified from it's um but it, it keeps us stuck um it keeps us stuck and, and doesn't allow us to pursue change to pursue growth um and to, to pursue god in, in a way that honors what he's done for us yeah so the last one i have on my list is of fear that uh how fear keeps us from changing or from engaging in recovery is, is leaving our quote-unquote friends behind. We talked about this last week and a number of times, but like yeah. I always say the number, you know, top two things that keep you in your addiction or your struggle is are your are your quote-unquote friends and the people who encourage you to continue on using whatever it is you're using in your uh, your struggle. And, um, <clears throat> and we're afraid if we start changing, that those people aren't going to want to hang around with us. Good. You know, good. Yeah. That's good. Like people that actively encourage you to do something that's detrimental to your health, either physical or mental or both, aren't your friends. I mean, we've, I don't know. I mean, that seems like it's pretty clear. And if they can't get behind you uh, when you about making changes that are positive for you, then they're not your friends. Yeah. All right. So that's a good thing. You know, listen last week to talking about our community and starting to build a better community. This is a good way to start it. Is those people will start to fall away. People that don't want to take part in your success will start to fall away because they're going to feel guilty that they're not doing anything about their lives and they're not making themselves better and they're going to continue on. And, and you know, and I'm not saying you just like, you know, you cut them off and you're hateful to them or anything like that. You, you, you want to, Hey, you know, if, if you're, you want to do what I'm doing, come with me. You know, we want to encourage those people to come along with you, but if they're not going to do it, then fine. Um, but that doesn't mean you're obligated to stay around with them, obligated to, to, to hold yourself back because they refuse to change their lives. And, um, you know, but we're always there, like I said, be the first hand holding out uh, for them to help pull them out of whatever it is they're struggling with, too. So, I mean, two things can be true at once. I don't have to be around you, but I care about you enough to be there for you when you're ready to make a change. And so um, don't don't allow people who are stuck to keep you stuck. Yeah. You know, I had a friend I grew up with. We did a lot of our addiction and stuff together. Um, and I remember when I was changing, um, kind of coming into church, like real solid and uh, wanting to move away from, from what I was doing. I called him up and, you know, it's just like, man, I can't be around you. Uh, we're, we're not healthy in that regard. And uh, I remember it, I mean, he told me, he's like, man, I understand. He's like, I get it. And this is the guy, he's not a Christian, he's not a believer, um, and he still, you know, will party some and, and everything else, but it was just amazing to me how much he actually cared about 
And this is like an anomaly. This doesn't happen very often. Yeah. But like he showed that he was a true friend because he said, I, I get it. He encouraged me in that moment. Like even though it was costing us um, our, our friendship in a way, what we had, like we weren't going to be spending time together doing things we used to be doing. This guy I'd known for 20 years. Um, and he's just like, man, I'm, I'm proud of you. Like go, go do that. Go get that. I'm, I'm glad you want to better yourself in that way. That, that's what you're looking for. And anybody who doesn't have that response isn't a friend. Right. They're just not. Yep. And so don't have any heartburn over losing them because they don't care. They don't care about you. They don't care about what you're doing. They, they care about them. Yep. Yeah. I and mean, they're just upset that you're making them feel bad yeah. about themselves. And, you know, and that's too bad. I mean, again, I'm not, you know, saying this from a place of like, you're just cold hearted and you're like, oh, well, forget you. I mean, you know, I hate, you would hate, if, um, you know, I hate seeing that people I've grown up with where you're just like, uh, you know, I, I always thought you could do more, or be better. Or, um, and, and you just didn't want more for yourself, but I, I can't want more for you any more than you want for you. And so, um, that's up to them, but you know, anytime they want to make that decision to do better, then I'll be there for them, you know? So, um, so don't, yeah, uh, that, that's one of the don't ever let that keep you from doing what you need to do to succeed in life. Um, and that goes for your family as well. If there's family that's keeping you, holding you back, um, that's not in, um, encouraging you because they're, you know, well, this is just who we are. It's like, no, that's who you are. That's not who I am anymore. Because, yeah. um, um, you know, the Bible tells us once, you know, we've become Christians, we're a new creation. I'm not, I'm not defined by anybody else but God. So um, I'm not going to let that hold me back. So anyway that's uh that's a few of the things that um you know fear a few of the ways fear keeps us from engaging in our recovery and um hopefully we've we've learned something from that I, yeah hopefully that or so if, if or we're still stuck on the teddy bears <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh no that was good uh, hopefully you guys were um challenged by it hopefully you did walk away with something um but uh we're grateful grateful that you guys were with us uh this morning and, and able to engage hope you enjoyed today's episode don't forget to, to like comment share our content with all your friends families enemies frenemies whoever it may be um it really is um it is one of those things that does help us to grow the platform grow what we do um and so it's simple again like comment share just take a and reviews just, yeah, reviews reviews that that's yeah review us review. only good reviews yeah. i mean don't lie if you don't like yeah. us just don't review us yeah <laughs> Um, is that why we don't have any reviews? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but, uh, man, we hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, questions, comments, uh, you can call the church office at 918-283-2221. Or email us at info at cedarpoint.church. But love you guys. We'll see you right back here next week.